Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Friends Podcast, man. Thank you for joining us here today. And if it's your first time, thank you for coming through. We definitely appreciate you guys for listening to what we have to say today. So uh, let me go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Matt, and I am here with my co-host. This is Rod. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in again. Um, As I always say, make sure you subscribe to the channel, the Friends Podcast. We're at iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Spotify, anywhere you check out podcasts we're there so most definitely and so um yeah so usually we do you know sometimes we do just chats between me and rod or we kind of just kick it with ourselves and stuff like that but today we have a special guest and here we have per go ahead and introduce yourself hi y'all my name is per i'm a dj based in queens new york yeah we definitely got per in here today for some good conversations and everything like that so let's kind of start with I'm talking about everybody's week. So, Rod, how is everything going for you? Um, I've always been pretty good. Uh, work, regular day-to-day stuff, um, getting a podcast, everything going, and, yeah, just coming up with new topics and guests and things of that nature. What about you? Definitely feel that. Um, shit, same old shit, man. Same old shit. Just editing, work, moving. It's been a, It's been like three days. I've been moving for three days, so... It's ridiculous, man. But um, how about you, Per? How's your, how's your week been, your last seven days? I had a bomb last seven days, to keep it real with you. Um, okay. I had a wild Earth Day. I played mm-hmm. two parties on Earth Day. So in the first party, we, we all did Tai Chi together to start off the party, which was mad mm. fun. We did a little grounding meditation, like, at the party. Like, always <laughs> was drinking Hennessy and doing Tai Chi to honor the earth. So it was mad fire. There was some free seeds that got passed around. So afterwards people could take seeds home with them and like plant stuff. And I was spinning some tracks that had people going from like mosh pit to like doing the two-step within like the same hour. It was really <laughs> given. So yeah, I had a good week. <laughs> That's really cool. Now you just, you just mentioned plants. Do you have like plants around the home? Like would you consider yourself a plant mom as they say? Yes, I'm definitely a plant parent. Um, for sure. I have a I have a philodendron, which is like a kind of a big tree plant. And then I also have a snake plant. I just got a jade plant and I've been keeping like flowers and stuff like that around the house too. So yeah. Okay, that's cool. Now do you DJ for the flowers too, for the plants? Yes, definitely for the plants. I wake <laughs> up play my music. I talk to my plants every day. You know, we have a, a, a bond. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's dope. That's definitely dope to hear. So um, I guess we can go ahead and get into it, get into the interview and stuff like that. Um, so Raj, you want to go ahead and intro and kind of get into that? Uh, yeah, I just kind of want to get to know more about your DJing and how you got involved in, in like your influences. Okay, Wavy. So I started DJing like for real, for real, like playing on decks um, about nine months ago. So it's really been a short period of time to have a lot of success, which is actually pretty fire. Um, But I feel like, you know, my relationship with music and stuff started like when I was a kid, like listening to my mom play the same like Brandy cassette tape when I was like five years old. So (laughs) that's really like, I think my mom was like my first musical influence. So yeah, but my DJ influences are like, I love the old heads like Jazzy Jeff. Um, He's like, Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of him. And then like, I'm really into music from all over the world. So I listen to a lot of Toronto DJs like Bambi. um, And like, I'm really deep into the, I'm a piano South African house music scene. So I'm a fan of a lot of like DJ producers, obviously like Khaled and like um, 
Uncle Waffles. I'm a huge fan of her right now too. So okay. yeah, Uncle Waffles. We got to check that. That's an interesting name. I got to check that out for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now you just mentioned a Brandy cassette tape. Was it Never Say Never? Was it Full Moon? Uh, it was the one that has I Want to Be Down on it. Oh, that was the first one. Um, I think that was her self-titled one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a good one for sure. So. Okay, well then, kind of like, let's kind of take it back then. So, like, where are you from, and like, how would you describe like your experience, uh, like growing up? Yeah, so I'm from upstate New York, actually, which is like I'm from kind of like the burbs, um, but it's like you know, if you drive a little too far out, you're basically around farms and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, definitely grew up in the suburbs. Uh, definitely was around a lot of like um, white kids who really loved rap music all the time. <laughs> um, so that was like a little bit weird for me. Cause I kind of lived on like the borderlines of like the suburbs and like the hood or whatever. Um, so yeah, my upbringing was a little bit strange, <laughs> in that <laughs> regard, but like the way I came to music also reflects that very much. Like my dad is super into like, um, bad brains, like rolling stones, like, uh, the Smiths, the pixies, like just mm-hmm. all different kind of things like that he has the entire Beatles discography on vinyl um so I grew up with that with him and then with my mom it was very much like Brandy, MC Light, Busta Rhymes, DeBrat, Missy Elliott like all those influences so and then a lot of my other family is super into like um oldies type music like Otis Redding um i used to listen to johnny cash with my grandparents so my Mm -hmm. musical influences are kind of just like all over the place but yeah as a kid growing up like super connected to nature like upstate new york middle kind of middle of nowhere like the woods kind of thing um i went to college in the hudson valley so that's near woodstock so where the woodstock festival happened so for those years i was like super into Jimi hendrix like very like hippy dippy type music (laughs) um and that was about like four years ago now so then I made my way down to the city and now I'm really just just open format DJ I just Brooklyn drill music plays down my block every day so yeah (laughs) yeah so like what what made you like decide to you know go from upstate just to come down to you know to the city and like why Queens I guess you know yeah so um in high school I used to like skip school and take like the ten dollar mega bus so the city is like three hours away from where I grew up and come down to the city just to like mess around to be honest just to like sit in Times Square and be like yo this is crazy um and being from New York like a lot of people really want to live in New York City in my opinion best city in the world of course because I live here so um I always wanted to live in the city just the attraction the lights the vibes like it just seemed where all the cool people were, all the party people, just super inspired by fashion. I also model. So mm-hmm. it was just given like all roads really pointed to New York, to New York City. And I just had to be here. Um, and when I first moved, I moved with a, a homie from college and I was in Astoria. And now I'm out in Ridgewood, which is like closer to Bushwick. So it's a little bit more lively. Astoria is a little bit more like chill vibes kind of thing. OK. Would you say Queens is the best borough? Queens is the best borough. <laughs> what okay sounds good i only been to new york like two times but i like queens i like queens brooklyn was cool okay word. i haven't been to the bronx before though but yeah i think queens was cool like a story in area and stuff like that yeah. yeah um i love queens i'm gonna say this i feel like it's the best borough because queens is the world's borough there's the most people from like all over the world that live in queens so mm-hmm. that's why i feel like it's the best and two i feel like queens has the best food hands down really okay. yes the best food and you can get any kind of food any cuisine from anywhere in the world at pretty much any hour of the day so yeah 
<laughs> would you say that was like a um like so where you where you were from like mm-hmm. was it like a melting pot kind of or no just like black and white and that's it yeah where i'm from is basically just like black and white and then there's like some asian folks some some indian people but it's not really like you know culturally like that diverse or anything like that um and even like i would get stared at all the time for like wearing my afro out and stuff like that versus now like being in the city which is like why i wanted to be here so bad you just see different kind of people all the time just different looks all the time like and I still get stared at sometimes for some of the looks that I pull but I'm just like I'm definitely not the craziest person you've seen today like keep it pushing (laughs) yo (laughs) yeah definitely some interesting characters in New York City for sure so but that's dope though because I feel like um yeah I think it's it's, I feel like you can learn more about people when you are around like people that are not like you so it's like you're around like probably people of Asian descent like people of African, you know, like everybody. So I think everybody. that's probably like, yeah, that's that's a good environment to be in for sure. So what, I mean, what's some of the food spots uh, you check out that are in Queens? The food spots. All right. So the so if you come here, you gotta holla at me. The um, Beria Landia truck. They're they're originally from LA, but they're out here now, and it's um, like beef tacos, and they marinate the beef for like eight hours. Yeah. And then you dip it in this like soup called consume. So you and the tacos are fried in the leftover beef juices. Mind you, I was vegetarian for four years before I tried these beef tacos. I just want to let you all know that uh-huh. <laughs> they're that good. I literally cried the first time I ate them. Is that wow. what made you change from vegetarian? Like all the good food? Um, literally that. Yes. Wow. Wow, yeah. No, Beria is pretty good, but I feel like New York, like you said, is really good food there, so I got to check that one out. Um, so, yeah, let's kind of talk about, like, so DJing. So, you like like you said, you just DJed, you know, Earth Day and stuff like that. So, like, what's been some of, like, your dopest experiences DJing so far? I'm still making them, to be honest, but uh, basically, like, I guess a little background of how I got into it. So, last year, um, I realized that I was spending a lot of time, like, even with COVID and stuff, like New York has still been popping. So I definitely realized, but the, the parties have gotten a little bit more expensive here just because like the venues and things like that and the bars have sort of like, you know, asking a little bit more from like the people who are involved in nightlife in terms of like hosts and people who throw events. Like we need more bread from you because of COVID regulations and paying our staff more and, you know, mm-hmm. inflation. So um, I realized that I was spending a lot of money going to parties. Um, and I was like, I don't really know if this is where I want my energy to be, like I was spending all this money going out spending all this money on drinks and being involved in nightlife. And it's like, it feels like a lot of people like just want to party, party, party. Um, and that is me. But at the same time, I'm totally content reading a good book on a Friday night, like chilling. I do not need to be in the streets. Um, and I was like, how can I be more involved in nightlife in a way where I actually feel like I have a role, right? Like I'm not just like in nightlife going to parties just to like be one of the people in the crowd. But like, how can I actually get involved in nightlife so that, you know, I don't go and like get super drunk every weekend, Um I've definitely struggled with like my own like alcoholism and stuff like that so it's like you know how can I just go and really have a good time but also contribute something to the community of nightlife um and I sort of asked myself that question and I looked to bigger people who throw the parties and I realized that everybody that I looked up to was a DJ and I so I started making friends with DJs I started meeting a lot of other DJs um and some of them really put me on to game and they were like yo just like go to the studio, watch some YouTube videos, like buy a starter controller and try it out for yourself and see if it's something that you like. So 
I really like I had a couple friends put me onto the game for the most part. I really spent like six months hardcore just watching YouTube videos every day, like British dudes on YouTube being like, push this button, <laughs> like that's how you go do the thing. I bought my equipment off some random guy off Craigslist. Like he never even opened the box. It was crazy. He was like, I thought I was going to be a DJ. I never did. I was like, well, I'm gonna do it. Um, and it's funny because I'm the kind of person where like, I think a lot of my friends um, kind of see me pick up hobbies and then like not really follow through. Like there's definitely periods of my life where I've been like, this year I'm gonna be a yogi. And then it's like eight months from now, you still doing yoga cat? Nah, I'm not doing that no more. Um, but it's it's actually really crazy these years that I've had because DJing has really stuck. Like I really forced myself to be dedicated and super committed. Like I would go party on a Friday night, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. I'm in the DJ studio just looking at like festival level equipment, like frustrated because I'm like, you know, it's really hard as a DJ to find people who are down to mentor you and give you game for free. And there's not a lot of folks who like, teach lessons that's even hard to find too um and a lot of the equipment is expensive and inaccessible um so a lot of people put me on to like low-cost resources especially being in new york city those resources available so yeah i just really taught myself a lot of stuff <laughs> okay that's super dope now so you kind of mentioned that you know some of the things that you did before like they didn't all the way pan out like you wanted them to but like so what 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 felt different with dj and like was it when you saw the crowd the first time like what was it that was like okay this is what I'm about to put my energy into yeah so I feel like I've always identified as kind of like a rave kid like I love going to like crazy warehouse parties and like stuff like that but what I realized that's really big in New York and it's no shade to that is all love is techno music is like really huge here mm. um but I feel like for me like as a black person and as someone who like wants to shake my ass um, not that you can't shake your ass to techno music cause you can, I realized that I was having a really hard time finding parties that played the music that I wanted to dance to. Right. And it's very much in DJ culture. Like if you're going to a rave or something, the music is so loud, it's insane. Like, and also you don't go up to a DJ and like ask for a request at a rave, bro. Mm. Like you don't do that. So can I, I hear WAP? <laughs> yeah, right. At the rave. I mean, sometimes, yeah. sometimes it'll be, it'll be mixed in there. Okay. But, um, yeah, I was like, I really want to hear more like ass shaking music and I don't hear it enough. And like, um, I also don't see enough people who look like me getting the spotlight behind the decks. I've realized that there's a huge underground community of black women and non-binary people and queer people and all different kinds of people who are DJs and they're super incredible, but they definitely don't get the spotlight like the major DJs that you see, which are mostly white men, to be honest. Um so, yeah, I realized, like, I want to be someone who's, like, behind the decks. And I, when I started pulling music, I was, like, pulling a lot of, like, rap and trap music. Um, and then I started pulling music from other countries, like, ballet and, like, dembow music from Brazil. I got really into that for a while. I go through in and out of, like, my phases and stuff like that. Yeah. And so you kind of mentioned the crowd before, like, oh, I don't want to be somebody that's just in the crowd. But so speaking of that, so, like what moves the crowd or like how, what's been your experience like trying to look at the crowd and be like okay this is what they want to hear right now 
the ecology of the dance floor. <laughs> I think of the dance floor as like an ecosystem um, because like you have your people who will like stand in the back of the room and probably just bop and vibe the whole night. And even though they, they could be so lit to your music and you have no idea because they're not really shaking it. Yeah. And then you have like the people who are kind of in front of them or like with them, still chat to them, but they'll still bop, maybe like hold their drink. And then you have the people who will like come right up to you, be in front of you, probably try to spill their drink on your DJ equipment, going crazy, starting a mosh pit kind of thing so mm -hmm. i feel like that's who i play for the most like even if i'm in an empty club and there's like the bartender and like a couple of people and the party's just starting but there's like one old head in the back of the room like doing the two-step <laughs> i'm with him like me and him are vibing so yeah that's really what i base it off of because first i feel like I was a dancer and like I was a spectator, right? Like I was a patron, like before I came to DJ. So I'm still very much learning how the dance floor moves and how the flow, the ebbs and flows of like a night or a party go to. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds good. And that's really cool. Cause I feel like, and that's also probably interesting to have that perspective of looking from the booth and like you said, seeing the people in the back and the front who's wilding out, who's going crazy. Like that's probably a super interesting experience, but let's switch it up and kind of talk about like your modeling and stuff like that. So like what kind of made you um, kind of get into that field and that realm? Yeah. So people have always wanted to take my picture. I remember the first time I modeled, I guess um, I was on a beach. I was like five years old and my natural hair is like, I have a really big like Afro when my hair is fully grown out and I got featured in like a children's book uh, because this photographer was like doing photography for a children's book about the beach and they took my picture and I'm in this crazy children's book. I was like five and that was like the first time I modeled. And um, ever since then I was always involved in like choir and like dancing and in school plays and stuff like that. Um, and then in college, a bunch of my friends were super artsy. So some of them had like their own underwear brands, their own like t-shirt brands or like merch for their, their bands and stuff like that. So I started modeling like my friends clothes and then I moved to New York city and I just got tapped in with mad photographers and fellow models and, um, designers and other creatives. And it really turned snowballed and turned into like people hitting me up like once a week being like, do you want to model for this? Do you want to model for that? Um, which became super fire. And for a while I was managing a store in Soho. So I was mm -hmm. meeting a lot of fashion heads all the time. So yeah, mm. my modeling stuff is pretty consistent too. So that's fire. Okay. Now what would you, how would you describe your style? Like, are you like a thrifter? Are you like a high end? Like, how would you describe like yours? I think it's really varies. I feel like I'm super 90s. I dress like TLC a lot. It's giving very <laughs> Y2K. Um, and I like name brand stuff, but I would prefer to give my money to black owned brands always. So like, you know, I got the Telflar, I got oh, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the branded Blackwood, some black owned designers that I really like. But um, you know, I always, I love Nikes. Like that was my big thing. Like Dunk Lowe's is kind of like my vibe. Um, but I also wear a lot of like platform shoes. Um, cause I'm really short and I like to look taller. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely like chunky platforms and like, I do like bell bottoms, like 70s style sometimes. So I always be switching it up of like, what's the vibe or what's the feeling of the day, for my style. But yeah, anything from like high end to like, if I'm walking by, a cool thrift store in the city or even some random person like in Washington Square Park that's a vendor that's selling like handmade crocheted bags and I've never seen anything like it before. I feel like my biggest thing is like when I get dressed, 
I get dressed to be perceived, right? To be looked at on the train, to have people look at me be like, damn, that's a fly outfit. And also I look for stuff that other people don't have. So I don't want to wear something that like everybody else has, or like, I don't ever want to pull up to an event and someone is wearing the same outfit as me. I'd be mortified. (laughs) Yeah. That's so embarrassing. Um, So I guess it sounds like you kind of get influenced from fashion style, like kind of from everywhere. Like, do you get it from family too? Like, do you get it from people walking down the street like how do you where you get it from uh definitely people walking down the street and not my family my family's giving very uh vineyard vines um (laughs) with no shade no shade i love them they're very they're very it's giving very ralph Lauren polo okay Okay. um (laughs) but yeah definitely walking down the street and definitely like when i'm chilling in brooklyn i'm super inspired by like all the fashion i see people especially like when you're waiting online for the taco truck and there's like the really fly guy and he's wearing like an all velour jumpsuit and I ain't never seen nothing like that before. And it's like custom and it's got his name on the back. Like that's something <laughs> yeah. that would really inspire me to be like, should I get a velour jumpsuit? Like that's wild. Um, yeah, that's, that kind of thing really inspires me. Just being in the city and just taking people in and seeing what kinds of crazy outfits people come up with is uh, super fun. So how did you come up with some of your style like back in the day being from like the suburbs and and that kind of area? Yeah, so back in the day, I definitely was very and still am pretty nerdy. I definitely dressed very much like I rocked the, the, my afro a lot. So I just very much like 1970s with like bell bottoms, maybe like a little button up with like short sleeves. Um, used to wear like a lot of like polos and button downs and like grandma dresses with a lot of like flowers stuff like that and then when I came to the city my style definitely changed a lot to like you know move and flow with like the people around me and it it definitely got a little bit more cool a little bit more polished Mm, okay so now it's kind of like your whole crew now that's like that dress in that 90s kind of fab yeah my whole squad definitely be dressing now (laughs) super dope now you kind of um you seem to have very good energy about you very positive it seems you know from this interview so like how do you kind of balance that you know in the in the hustling and bustling bustling city like how do you keep good energy for sure so i definitely um try to like do yoga and stuff like that every day i feel like grounding and just like doing breathing and stuff like that is really important um for your spirit just to like be rooted in your body um and I definitely get a lot of sun, as much sun mm. as I can, um, yeah. which is really hard in the winter months in New York. But um, especially right now in the springtime, it's fab. Like I spend a lot of time on my rooftops, just like laying out, um, taking in the sun is like super important for my mental health, I feel like. And I just care a lot about my mental health and try to be in flow as much as possible, not like force things or force experiences. And I feel like that helps mm. me be really positive too. So does that include meditation and um and that kind of stuff with your yoga? Yeah, I do a lot of meditation. I try to do yoga every day. Like, even if I can only get on the mat for 10 minutes, I know that 10 minutes will probably drastically improve how I'm moving for the rest of my day. So I think that stuff is really important, um, especially being someone who is in nightlife, right? So, like, if I have to spin a party and the party don't start till 12 and I go on at 2 o'clock and, like, I have to be up from 2 to 3 a.m. and I have to be hyped 
from 2 to 3 a.m. And it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes nightlife can be a little dark. Like, you pull up to the to the DJ booth and the lights are out and the, you know, the people are vibing. And it's like, I've seen these souls on the dance floor before, right? And it's like demon time. So when you're on that type of timing for your work and, like, your creative passion, I mm-hmm. feel like your other type of timing, for me, I have to have that balance. So it's the complete opposite. It's giving, like, days in the park, the sun, right? Mm-hmm. So what's your thoughts like so far on like being sober while, you know, DJing, performing versus like drinking, smoking and stuff like that? Yeah. So I will say if I'm in a venue that like a lot of times I play at different venues or like random parties or just like random loft parties or like someone's like, yo, pull up to this rooftop, do a set, like pull up to buy weird backyard garage. We throw in a party back here. Um, like I'm, I'm even booked to play in like a skate park that kind of thing. So definitely if, in a, if I'm in a location that I've never played in before, um, for the most part, I don't drink while I play, especially because I'm a newer DJ. So I still feel like I have to be like pretty focused while I'm playing. I feel like I'm still getting in the groove of like just learning how to not take the music part of it so seriously, but also make sure that I'm like, whatever I spin, I should be vibing. Like I should be going dummy to whatever music that I'm playing because I'm trying to make everyone else go dummy at the party. Like I'm the Mm -hmm. vibe conductor. Um, So for the most part, I actually try not to drink during my sets, um, which really like makes a huge difference. And I feel like makes me be a little bit more precise. Um, But there is one spot where I have a residency at. Um, It's a Nigerian owned club. It's really fire. I play strictly African house music and Afrobeats when I'm there. And I usually have a whole night to myself. So I'll play for like four hours at a time. So especially during those sets, I'm doing like long form mixing. So I'll probably let a song play for, you know, four minutes before I start blending with like my second song. So on those nights, I'd be getting a little schmiz. I'd be getting a little (laughs) bit more lit when I get to do like long form mixing because the Mm -hmm. beats are a little bit more like... um, jazzy it's a little bit more house but mm-hmm. if i'm playing like a rap and trap party where like the mixing is like a little bit quicker like maybe i'll only let a song play for like one to two minutes then like i feel like i have to be more precise so i probably won't get lit until my set's over yeah definitely got to get on point because if you mess don't fuck it up don't fuck yeah. it up and then look at you like what the fuck are you doing right exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of the ha- afro house music um has words and like phrases and stuff like that but it's okay. mostly just like drums and like instrumentals and things like that which mm-hmm. as dj is a little bit easier to mix than the, the rap and trap kind of vibe so but i love it all how do you get your uh sets together for each crowd do you know the type of crowd that's gonna come or are you just kind of creating the sets for yourself like like you just said for your own vibe um i think right now i definitely curate Um, for myself and for others. So I have like a huge bank of music. On top of my bank of music, I have probably like two to 3,000 songs with just titles written down that like, I don't even have the songs yet, but I just have them written down for like, okay, just to prep, like if I'm I'm gonna pull this bank of music for this type of thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely it's really based off the booking and it's based off like very situational, of course, too. Like for May, I'm booked to play um, a block party um, in Bed-Stuy, and it's going to be outside. And, like, you know, folks will have specific requests, too, right? So it's like, please don't play a lot of music with swears or try to avoid the explicit version of songs because kids are going to be there. So for that, like, it's giving very, like, Parliament, Funkadelic, yeah. um, like, you know, 
two step songs, Fire. Earth, Wind and Fire, right? Stuff like that. Some Janet Jackson, like really nineteen seventies music. Um, mm. You know, James Brown. Uh, um, let's see what else. The Temptations, like just just cool like old head music that you could get lit to. That's chill. Versus like if I have another booking that's like an artist and there's going to be a bunch of like rappers who are also like performing and stuff that night. It's very much like, all right, I'm immediately go pull like all my young thug, my like Southern rap, like young nudie. I'm gonna go pull like, you know, stuff that people could like mosh to a little bit. So mm-hmm. like I'll pull my Playboy Cardi stuff. I'll pull my female rappers like Rico. Um, so it's really based off the booking and like the vibe. Pretty cool. So let's kind of switch it up, like all the way switch it up. So like, let's talk about horoscopes and, and astrology. So how much do you one okay let's start here do you believe in astrology i a thousand percent believe in astrology okay now how much like so basically you kind of take it into account like on your everyday life like pretty much i check where the moon is in relationship to my chart every day every day okay literally every day okay really cool so what's your sign by the way uh so i'm a libra sun uh virgo rising and a cancer moon Okay, I don't know why I asked that because I don't know what that means. But <laughs> <laughs> wait, do you know? Do y'all know your signs? I mean, I'm a Cancer. I know I'm a Libra. That's okay, so you're a Libra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Are you? Yeah, I don't. I don't know anything about it. So, kind of like talk about that. Like, so what? What makes you? What got you into it? And like, what kind of makes you believe? In I definitely want to know the Moon thing and like looking at that every day. Like, what and is like that? What that stuff yeah, means? What does that okay, where so. Well, if you're a Cancer, are you born in July? Yep, July 20th at 3-something p.m. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you're a Libra, so are you September or October? I'm like the end of September. The end of September? Okay, word. Me too. Um, So, basically, your sun sign is, like, supposed to be kind of how you actually are. Mm -hmm. Um, Your rising sign is supposed to be how other people perceive you. And then your moon sign is supposed to dictate what your emotions and like feelings are. Okay. Yeah. And that changes so that's every kind day. Of why I, and so where, so the position, so your planets don't change, right? Like you have a birth chart and it's all where all the, your planets were when you were born at the exact time you were born is where all the planets were. And you can like go by like the degrees and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what changes not every day, but frequently like maybe every one to two days is like the moon is changing right because the moon goes through phases so the moon goes through the different 12 astrological signs um over like the period of the month so i'd be checking where the moon is and how that's affecting like my emotions for the day in relation to my chart um i feel like i've kind of excelled beyond the horoscopes level to the point where like i can really like read my own chart and look at the different like degrees and i pay to get readings done and stuff like that Um, okay But how I got into it was really, like, I guess maybe, like, four or five years ago when astrology got super big and, like, CoStar kind of became a thing and people really started checking their horoscopes every day. Mm -hmm. I got, like, deep into it, like, on another level. (laughs) Um, And I know that, like, on some conspiracy level type thing, I know, like, the government pays astrologers and celebrities have paid astrologers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I've read about people, like, using like where the planetary alignments are and like astrology to like help them get famous and stuff like that so let me not put everyone onto this free game okay because yeah, nah, astrology nah, nah. <laughs> could really change your life for real mm-hmm. no i will admit i have like opened the co-star app like a couple times like randomly and i've been like i read it and it's like wow this is exactly what i'm going through right now like this is just what i need to hear so 
I can, you know, there, I feel like there's definitely some truth to it. Um, so you pretty much take it into account for your whole life. Um, is this something that you feel like you want to study like more like in a super deep way? Like, do you want to kind of give, you know, like kind of advise on it one day? Or like, how do you feel about that? I don't know if I want to give advice for other people, but I've definitely considered putting out like an astrology themed like mix series or something like that. Um, because I always want to do something really cute for my friends' birthdays and stuff. So for all of my friends' birthdays, if it's your birthday and I know you, I'll sing happy birthday to you over voice note. It's like a little surprise thing I do for all my friends. Um, so I would love to like release maybe like a mix series, like based on each astrology sign or something. So like, um, like I know cancers can be kind of like, cause my moon is in cancer. So I know I can be a very, like a crybaby a little bit sometimes. <laughs> like I could be like very, like a little bit emotional, kind of like in my feelings. So if I made like a cancer mix, I would probably put like some like flower boy, Tyler, the creator on there. Mm -hmm. I'd probably put some like Brockhampton on there a little bit like sad boy, like rap music. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. but for like a Libra season mix, I feel like I'd probably put like front end by Pharrell and like, I don't know, a lot of stuff that's, that's just right like there. a really vibey about like stunting on people. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I feel like I could probably do a little mix for like every single sign. So before we get off of that, so kind of describe Libras, like what do you feel like is the characteristics of a Libra? Okay, so for me, how it applies to me personally, and like your, you know, your sun sign applies to everybody differently. But for me as a Libra, I feel like I'm really focused on maintaining balance in my life. I feel like one of the ultimate, you know, things in my life is trying to have balance. So it's like, I could spend a Friday night at the club, but that means Saturday all day I want to be in the park or go to the library or a bookstore or be around plants and like read a book. So mm -hmm. I'm super focused on maintaining balance. Like I love being partying and being out with my friends, but I also really, really love my alone time. So I feel like maybe as a Libra, I can be a little hot and cold in that way because it really all depends on like the vibe that I'm feeling. Um, but I just think balance is just super important to have in your life. And it's something I'm always striving towards. Definitely feel like read into my soul right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you relate? Do you feel similarly being a Libra? Yeah, I do feel like pretty similar. Like a lot of time, like my alone time, but when I'm out with friends, I kind of like to have fun and just go with the flow. Dope, dope. So let's kind of get into this. So like, let me ask you a question. So if you could be any cartoon character, what would it be and why? <laughs> okay, you know, um, the Thornberries. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The cartoon, the I think her name is Debbie Thornberry. Mm -hmm. She has like freckles and she's a ginger and she um yeah, and her and her family and the Thornberries, if you've never seen it before, they like go on little safaris and stuff like that. I feel like that would be me if I was a cartoon character. <laughs> I could see that though cuz she was kind of fly too. She had the flannel like and like, all that kind of stuff. She was fly. She but was dressing her hair was always kind of like a little wild looking, which I feel like, yeah, I usually got some of that going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, she was kind of like, I don't know. She was, she was, she had a little attitude sometimes though. I feel like she was like the main sister. You know what I mean? I don't know. Would you describe yourself as that? Like, what, do you feel like you have a main streak sometimes? I don't think I have a mean streak, but I'd definitely be knowing when I need an attitude adjustment. <laughs> yeah. I would say I could be a little, I could be a little moody occasionally. But it's never no shade to anybody else. It's more like 
this is my dancing space. This is your dancing space. If I'm going to invite you into my dancing space, mm-hmm. act right. Mm-hmm. Everything got to be aligned. Everything gotta right. Be aligned. So actually, let me, um, speaking of aligning, um, I kind of want to go back to the horoscopes, like, so the, Mer- the Mercury retrograde, like, do you feel that for real? Like, do you really be feeling like when it's in retrograde, like, damn, everything is going completely wrong right now? Okay. First of all, I would debunk this real quick because okay. people love to talk about Mercury, Mercury retrograde as if it's like the biggest thing that could affect anyone ever. <laughs> um, it just means that the planet is moving in the opposite direction that it usually does and that it's closer to the Earth so that we feel it a little bit more intensely. But other planets go in retrograde all the time. We just came out of a huge period of time where Venus was in retrograde. So that means that a lot of people were realigning their relationships and their partnerships and assessing like you know, their breakups, even relationships to their home and family, like relationships to everything in your life and partnerships were like being assessed just now. And Mm -hmm. maybe like during Venus retrograde, what happens? And similarly to Mercury retrograde, like um, maybe like your exes hit me up or like people from the past from out of nowhere start coming at you and you're like, yo, I haven't talked to this person like seven years. Why are they (laughs) texting my phone right now? Like, how do they even still have my number? Um, But yes, I do feel like I feel that stuff intensely. I feel like whenever Mercury retrograde happens, I always try to be mindful of it because I generally run on CP time. Um, <laughs> so when Mercury retrograde hits and you on CP time already and then you missed the train and then you went the wrong way, it's the worst. Or like if you don't charge any of your electronics usually and then Mercury retrograde hits and then like let's say you got something big you got to do, phone dead, laptop dead, mm. electronics broken. So I'd be trying to keep my stuff in check all the time, but especially around that time, it's a time to pay attention to it a little bit more. And also retrogrades are a time to actually slow down, right? And to actually like assess things. So I think that's really important too. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I definitely need to look into more of it because like you said, you went deep into it. So you know pretty much everything because you definitely debunked that for me. (laughs) Um, So it's definitely cool. Um, So let's kind of talk about your creative. And so like, let's kind of talk about like empowering creatives. Like, do you feel like people that are, you know, in that sort of field or profession are empowered, you know, right now, like, you know, just in a general sense? And if not, like, how can creatives be more empowered, like specifically black creators? I think we're in a very unique moment right now for black creatives um, because I think we went through a period of time, right, where so many people were trying to like donate to black people more and donate to black businesses more and mutual aid was really like popping off and things like that over the last couple of years. And maybe that's died down a little bit. Um, but I still think we're in a space where people look to feature black creatives a lot more, which is super exciting. Um, but at the same time, I don't want it ever to just be for show, right? I want folks to genuinely be compensated for the things that they want to create, not just like, oh, you know, I want to book you because you're like a black woman DJ, right? But like, I want you to play this type of music the entire time. Like, nah, you booked me so that I could play you what I play, which is what I do. So if you don't want to want me for what I do, or maybe I'm not suited for the kind of vibe that you're trying to create, don't just book me because I'm a black woman. Find another black woman who does the same thing, like does the thing that you want them want to do, right? Mm. So I also want to make sure that creatives, especially black creatives, are not only being featured for their work, but 
being featured in a way that actually, you know, fits whatever the project or whatever the opportunity is, is really important to me. And I think um, we're at a moment right now where social media can either really be used to your advantage or to your disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Like, it's definitely hard for me to not get jealous of other, you know, creatives and other opportunities and other experiences because it's like, oh, I wish I wish that was me right now or I wish I was at that level. But instead of looking from a perspective of like you're at where you're at right now because you're on your own journey. So it's sort of like, you know, trying to use social media and things like that also as an advantage um, and not as like a disadvantage as a creative, I think is uniquely difficult for black creatives as well, um, because I don't ever want, you know, us to feel like we're all like in competition with each other. Like you should be able to work unilaterally, unilaterally, like work with your people and like make stuff happen. So, yeah. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, actually, on this show, like social media and stuff like that. It's kind of hard for it not to be a competition because it's kind of set up that way because the things that are rewarded are the things that are liked the most and stuff like that. Like, that's what you see on your feed and stuff. So it's like, how can you even get out of, you know, feeling like you're compared to somebody, you know? Yeah, for sure. I definitely take a lot of social media breaks or I try to as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have the best relationship with my social media when I'm using it more of like a business to like put my creative things out there and not when I'm just like aimlessly scrolling for, you know, hours at a time because like social media is made to be addictive. Right. So it's like spending less time um, watching what all the other DJs doing like a lot of the DJs are doing and actually like being in the studio and just DJing myself, I'm going to feel way better about myself if I practice for four hours instead of like scrolling for four hours and just watching what everyone else is doing because I'm not doing that. So I think like taking breaks from social media, trying to use your social media, if that's what you want to use your social media for, to promote yourself as a creative, to promote your platform, using it as a business, posting your stuff, messaging your people, and then just signing off for the day. Um, I think it's really important to take breaks. Um, and even like, you know, if folks feel like they have to like log off for like a week and like see how it feels. I know when I try to do that, it's really hard. So I definitely am always trying to manage that relationship and also just um, posting stuff that you actually want to post, like not just posting a picture because you feel like, oh, this is like Instagram worthy or whatever. Nah, like post a picture because you mess with the picture or post the meme because you think the meme is the funniest thing you've ever seen not just because you know other people are gonna like it so yeah right yeah definitely feel that um so let's kind of talk about some current events so there was like this story that came out um i think it was sometime like last week i don't want to date the podcast but um so it was dj envy was talking about um, him and his wife how his wife was you know faking orgasms for 10 years did you hear about that no i didn't hear about that <laughs> yeah so i guess like they were together like since they were like kids and stuff like that and like she was faking orgasms for 10 whole years and like he didn't know about it so how do you like what's your thoughts on that just first just hearing like something like that do you feel like that's realistic that like a you know she would do that and then not you know like what, what what's your first thoughts on that <laughs> 10 years is a long time to be faking it, but I do feel like that's actually incredibly realistic. Um, I know there is like this percentage of like uh, women who like get orga- orgasms when they hook up with men for the first time. And I think it's like in like the 30% versus like women when they masturbate by themselves and they get they orgasm, it's like 80 to 90% of the time. And then it's like when women hook up with other women for the first time, they usually orgasm like half the time. So 
I feel like my my gentlemen, y'all got to do a little better. <laughs> y'all got to do a little better. But also, I feel like if you're with a person for 10 years and you're not actively communicating your desires um, and the things that you like, that's kind of on you. You think that's what it is? Like it's just not the communication yeah, because of like what you want? 10 years but i'm also the kind of person where like i really cannot like i'm not good at faking my emotions like if i don't like what something's happening even like my all my homies know my friends know if i walk into a room and i don't like the vibe it's all over my face so that could never be me <laughs> that could never be me <laughs> yeah that's yeah but, but that's that's kind of the first thing that kind of popped out to me too is like how are y'all not saying anything in 10 years and and how does she even continue to no, I don't know. I mean, it could be Cap, but like, how could she even continue to do that for 10 years and not say anything? Like, that's kind of like, I don't know, women, women be going through it sometimes because they just be having to do shit that they don't want to do. And it's just like, damn, like 10 years of just suffering. Like, that's what it sounds like to me. It could be that, but I think it also could be that, right? Maybe she like actually really genuinely like loves him and like cares about him and like wants to be in a marriage with him, but maybe she's not actually genuinely like sexually attracted to him. Mm-hmm. That could also be like a thing, right? Possibly. Yeah. It's possibly. It could be so, it could honestly be so many things. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, well, I don't want to get too personal, but like, do you feel like that's what's like some important aspects of a relationship? Like, of course, sexual aspects, but like, I know that's kind of important, but like, is there anything else like personality? Like what, what has to be there for you to vibe? Um, I think maturity is super important to me. And I think like quality time is super important to me as well as like open, honest, like communication. I think of like, I feel like in any type of way that I can't say what I really want to say, or if I say what I really want to say is going to like damage the connection. And like, that's not a relationship worth having in my life. So mm. I'm really just boundaries are like the line where like I can love me and you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that quote really changed my life. I really prioritize like boundaries and just like mutual respect. Okay, super dope. Um, so I guess um, you know just to kind of wrap it up here. Um, so I guess if somebody wants to you know request you for a DJ set, somebody wants you to model and kind of like you know so so their stuff off and stuff like that. Where can they reach you at? Yeah, so they can holler at me um, at Babe It's Purr on Instagram. It's P-U-R-R, Babe It's Purr. And you can just hit my DM, my email's in there too if you want to, you know, more officially book me. Um, and yeah, I'm available for parties in New York City and soon hopefully beyond. So, yeah. Yeah. Can you can you talk a little bit more about like what's next from you? Yeah, so uh, May will be the first month. So I started DJing in august and i really want to be real about the journey started djing in august may will be the first month that i'm fully booked for every single weekend Mm -hmm. so i have a show on either friday or saturday or shows both days for every single weekend in may so you'll see that for me i'm spinning in a couple places where it'll be live streamed on twitch some radio shows i'm also playing um, the block parties like i said and some fashion shows and i'm all, all the way booked out until june right now so yeah do you actually, um, do you tell everybody your events or your list or you have like a website that people can know like what things you got going on or, or do you post it on your social yeah, media? Yeah, I promote all my parties on my social media um, and soon I'll be dropping like my own branding and stuff like that with sort of like my flyer and pretty much right now all of my parties are in Brooklyn. So it's giving Brooklyn tour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. 
Super dope. Well, we definitely appreciate you for coming through, Per. We definitely appreciate that. So we'll go ahead and post your links and stuff in Most the bottom. Um, I guess any last words before you get out of here? Just peace and love. Be easy. Um, music from the streets is, is, is what makes my heart sing. So I, I hope to keep playing that for the people. Absolutely. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. This has been the Friends Podcast. We signing out here and we out. Yes, sir. Bye, Peace. Y'all.